welcome to episode 101 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. We are coming to you after a another Blue Jays win. They've been winning a lot recently. They have four series wins. And while we're going to dig into some of the not-so-great stuff going on with the Blue Jays this week, of which there's been quite a few things, uh, I think it's worth taking a moment and uh, doing a quasi-traditional vibe check. Stoughton. Vibes on the Blue Jays, uh, you know, putting together some wins, crawling out of the AL East cellar, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, I mean, that can be nothing but good. I mean, I feel like the, it, there's a slight cloud in terms of the uh, uh, the two things that we're going to talk about uh, at some point here. But yeah, the, the play on the field has been good. I mean, Jimmy Garcia tonight here, uh, that, that's, a, that's a concern. That's a bit of a concern. I uh, don't need that other guy, you know, moving up the pecking order, but uh, but that's been a little bit weird lately. Uh, I don't know why I started on a bad note because uh, you know Alejandro Kirk bailed him out with that uh, that great play to fake out Jose Abreu and get him picked off, and you know the bats have not been doing you know what they would have been doing the last couple of years, but they're also kind of looking like uh, a lot more you know in the overall like the kind of uh, team that we kind of expected. Like you're seeing. You know, I saw tweets about um, the jumps that Varsho and Kiermaier are taking, and they've obviously, you know, the more you see it, the more you feel that that uh, that, that you can sense the improvement that you've seen in the uh, in the outfield defense, and you know, Varsho hitting a little bit, and Brandon Belt is the MVP now, apparently. Um, you know, all those things are very, very good. I'm a little worried about Kikuchi. I'm certainly worried about uh, Bowden Francis or Bowden Francis. I'm going to have to double check that one, but um, you know. Um, three or four from the Astros, you can't do much better than that. Yeah, I'm glad you said Francis's name first because you've <laughs> used the first name, so I can just say Francis from here on out and All avoid right. any confusion. It's like an article. Beautiful. But as you say, you know, the Blue Jays now, they rank, uh, I think, coming into Thursday's game, you know, fifth in the majors in WRC+. Plus. Like, this is a team that looks a little different because they're not hitting home runs in the same way they have in the past, but... Uh, you know, the offense is, again, maybe quite not to the standard of the best version we've seen of Blue Jays offense in recent years, but it's really good. And the the rotation, you know, you're right to mention concerns Okakuchi. It hasn't been quite as smooth it was as it was earlier in the year, but Barrios is having a strong stretch. You know, Chris Bassett is, uh, you know, powering through the birth of his child, and you can quibble with that as a life choice, but man, he, uh, he <laughs> killed it on the at the time that... You know, his wife was in labor. Awesome game there. Followed that up with a great game. Like, he's been really, really good. I think even kind of better than expected, at least recently. You know, Kevin Gosman has been unbelievable. Like, you know, he's been similar to what he did in 2022 for most of the year, if you look at it overall. But if you look at kind of the last few outings, he's been outstanding. And so, you know, you're generally getting the pitching. Uh, after a bit of a wobble, Swanson's been great. You know, Romano's Romano and... Uh, you know, Nate Pearson's kicking around and doing stuff. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of it's easy to see the shape of this team as more of a positive when a VAR show is really hitting, you know, when Belt is uh, doing MVP stuff uh, as weird as that some of that is. And as much as some of that won't last, it's uh, yeah, there's no everything seems to be sort of clicking. You know, Springer is hitting the ball well, like all the mm -hmm. things you'd kind of hope would happen for this team with, you know, the big exception being Manoa and we'll, we'll get to Manoa but <laughs> yeah um with the exception of him it's kind of looking as envisioned at this point 
which is uh, which is not how I think it's looked for the vast majority of the year. No, I think that's true. Yeah, it, it definitely um, uh, it left us wanting in several areas. I think, uh, and it's interesting. You know, I mean, we don't know what, what the status of Kevin Kiermaier is going forward here. Uh, I haven't seen an update. I mean, obviously he left the game. I think the X-rays were negative. Um, but that's almost one where you're like, all right, they got way more out of him over a couple months. You know, if, if it's the worst case scenario, which I'm certainly not saying that it is, um, you know, you can bank that and, and, and feel not so bad even moving on. Like he wasn't going to be uh, that guy forever. Um, and, you know, just to see what, what you're getting out of our show, I think is really, uh, really encouraging in the last couple of weeks in particular, because he's been a guy who, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard Gabriel Moreno's name this week. So that's, uh, yeah. Uh, that's good. Also, uh, it is Bowden. It's Bowden Francis, uh, ML, uh, or baseball reference, making it very clear with the capital B A O dash den. So it is Bowden, no bow bow, uh, confusion there. And that's something we may or may not have to remember going forward. Uh, well, may, depend, or may, not, depend, may or may not remember at all, frankly. Yeah. Chippewa I, college guy. Wow. There you go. Uh, Jose he, Russell Martin, I believe, right? I think that, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Varsho, I think, you know, he had a, a kind of a rough at bat on Thursday. It was reminiscent of what he hasn't been doing lately, but he has not been striking out. He's been hitting the ball hard. I think he's uh, particularly interesting over the last little bit. I wrote about that at Sportsnet uh, that came out today as we're recording, and I, I've been really intrigued with what I've seen from him. It's funny that we talked about a few podcasts ago about, like, kind of if we took a guy from here, would we take Belt or Varsho? And and I took Varsho and you took Belt. I think you're right so far. I think I'm I'm still believing that long-term Varsho will be better offensively. But it's, you know, but having both those guys rolling is huge to have that balance that they've supposedly uh, needed for so long. All of that said, all the good stuff out of the way. Uh, you know, we did a whole Anthony Bass podcast last time. I think that was justifiable considering the gravity of the situation. And uh, at the time, we said, you know, this is an ongoing thing. And today, it really seemed to go on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, in some senses, it's not surprising. I think in the run-up to Pride Weekend with the Blue Jays' decision to have Bass on the roster at that time, it seemed relatively clear that there was going to be some kind of PR push around him, right? Because letting it sort of fester and doing doing nothing didn't make much sense. Um, where the Blue Jays it appears to have miscalculated is perhaps in the belief that uh, his image can be rehabilitated in sort of a week and a half. Um, <laughs> Especially while continuing to say, oh, I still have my beliefs and my faith. You know? Yeah, so I mean... First, yeah, naive on the Blue Jays' part, I think, to believe that they uh, that they could kind of make this happen. Like, he, he met with an executive director at Pride Toronto on Tuesday, and so we heard some of the comments coming off that. Like, the, the big quote off that one is he said that, like, big corporations, this is Bass's words now, uh, to Canadian Press and Shy to be at Sportsnet, big corporations targeting young children was what really struck home for me, being a father of two mm-hmm. little ones. I spoke with Sherwin um, about that. He gave me some clarity on the topic, and we moved on from it. So, like, the two parts of that. One, the, you know, still insisting that providing kind of, you know, you could say gender-affirming type of apparel and stuff for kids to feel, you know, accepted 
instead, you know, he's describing that as targeting young children, which is unbelievably problematic uh, language. I think it's fair yeah, to we say. say. We say problematic now, but yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And and then saying like we he gave me some clarity on the topic and we moved on from it does not really give you confidence when you know we moved on from it has a lot of uh, I'm gonna make this quick kind of feel yeah um, it's like yeah he said some stuff and then and then we left it there I think is sort of what happened and you you brought up kind of the key center of this which is that everything we've heard from Bass since and I'm gonna read some more quotes. Uh, seems to be of the ilk that the idea that what he did wrong was use his platform to spread ideas that could upset people. It was the classic, like, I'm sorry that your feelings were hurt. Like the, every apology adjacent thing we've gotten from Bass at this point has been, Oh, I didn't want to create a distraction. I didn't want to make people upset. And, not make wanting to make people upset is a it's a nice impulse but that's so little of what's going on here yes uh and it's like um like okay if this wasn't the bare minimum what less could it have been like what what would what would it what would it require to be less than this and still be the bare minimum like that's what it is and it's just like it's so you know from the playbook like you could have you could have gone through i mean they said when they when it was coming out yesterday that that, that atkins would be speaking with the media or maybe that was earlier today whatever it was um it, it was just like oh go get a load of this like we like like where what are they going to try to do here because you know not like it's just there there was nothing that was going to happen that wasn't just you know straight out of the 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 same playbook that you know every team uses and and you know all we've we've all seen this stuff you know there's so many thoughts and prayers and and learning opportunities and all this and and uh you know good for people here for getting you know sick of it and and that's in particular i think they picked a good one here uh, because you know though he uh uh he had a chance to not double down on the whole you know, well, you know, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of these people targeting my children, but their existence. You know, to, you know that 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 you know lie and insanity. Uh, didn't take that. Didn't take that opportunity to uh, to humanize anybody or or suggest that they're deserving of dignity or or rights or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, no, I guess that, that must be tough, uh, and I could make it worse by posting things, and I'll do better at posting. Yeah, I'll do better at posting is exactly it. And you know, you mentioned this is the bare minimum they are you know running a standard playbook we're going to have you meet with someone of the community to hopefully learn something which you know i would guess didn't go well we don't know that much about it other than his relatively uninformed quotes that came out of it and then you're going to have atkins speak right and there's a version of atkins speaking that could have gone better than it did you know <laughs> probably, like probably should have let bass go second yeah i mean he had uh <laughs> he said or, he was personally hurt by bass's second. actions and the duo had a charged conversation that's the big quote coming off yeah. of it. it it just you know it it strains uh people's belief you know people have a hard let's just say people have a hard time envisioning that being a thing and if Again, if this was something that like truly upset Atkins, it seems like there could have been a different course of action for Bass. And instead, there hasn't been much of a course of action at all. And he said there would be a quote-unquote different outcome if he'd felt Bass's apologies inauthentic. Uh, 
You have watched The Apology. I've watched The Apology. Many people who are listening to this podcast have watched The Apology. How many of those people felt like it was authentic? Like, how many people who literally watched this apology thought, and I know, you know, there was some Twitter noise, and I'm not naming names or throwing anyone to the bus about that being a good apology. Um, but I'd say the vast majority of people who saw it came to the conclusion that it was an inauthentic apology. So for Atkins to kind of make that part of his response, that like, oh, it was, the outcome was what it was because we felt the apology was authentic, seems just ludicrous because you know we all saw the apology and it just you know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see the body language to see you know the way how rehearsed it was and then you know we hear more of this i'm going to read some of the uh i think i've written them in the notes as insane quotes out (laughs) so here's another one bass was asked if he was going to change if he had changed his opinion on the video And he said this, he said, the video itself, I took it down. I felt like it was too much of a distraction. I stand by my personal beliefs. Everyone is entitled to their personal beliefs, right? But I also mean no harm to any groups of people. So again, like this is often what happens in these kind of discussions. You get people saying, oh, well, people should be, have freedom of speech. They should be able to think what they want and all that jazz. And some personal beliefs are better than others. That's just the way, that's just the reality. <laughs> like some personal beliefs, like you can hold a belief, but that doesn't, just because you hold it, it doesn't mean it's valid. When you're putting yourself above marginalized groups, I'm sorry, like you can say that's your personal belief, but that's not valid. It is, it is extremely harmful, not just to put that belief out into the world, which is the problem that Bass at least to some degree identified, but holding beliefs like that, I'm sorry, just is a problem for the world. And it makes you, generally speaking, it's not, it's going to be very difficult to be a great person and hold these kind of beliefs. <laughs> and so he hasn't thought at all about him being wrong in the way he interpreted the information. Like you said, it's just, I posted badly or it was, it was silly of me to post. And then he was asked if it was hateful and he, if he thought the video was hateful, I said, I do not. That's why I posted it originally. When I look back on it, I can see how people would view it that way. And that's why I was apologetic. Like it's very hard again to see that video and not see it as hateful and be a reasonable person. Like you, there's very literal demonization of people in <laughs> that video, that word is like yeah. calling people demons, calling them the enemy for and yeah, again, like a relatively benign effort for a corporation to score PR points by having a few pieces of clothing that are sending an inclusive message. Like it, in terms of the effect on the world of Target having a children's line that maybe a few children somewhere are going to find gives them some level of comfort uh, because of the message on it, which again, I think are pretty standard messages about trans people existing and about, you know, loving people no matter what, you know fairly decent messages. Some might say uh, type of messages certain Christians would uh, be able to relate to. Um, <laughs> and so it, that's, I, that's where we are with it, where he, if you can't acknowledge what you did is wrong in any way, shape, or form, it's impossible for your apology to be a good apology. Like, I don't want to make this like our life advice hour. We're not like the Ryan Rosillo podcast. But if you have a, you know, a significant other in your life and you get in a fight, 
I invite you to try and tell them that you're sorry that they feel shitty about what you did, but what you did was good. And let's, let me know how that one goes for you, because that's just simply people who are, again, I'm using terms like decent human a lot, but that's the reality. People who are decent humans know that that's just not how apologies work. You cannot reach back and say, oh, I was right, but, you know, I, I acknowledge that you're not having a great time, and I'm sorry that that's the case. I would also encourage you to uh, to use another passage from Ephesians five, which was one the one that was cited in the the video. Which well, another passage is that a wife should uh, submit to her husband as as the Lord. Uh, you know, you know, this is. I mean, that that's that's neither here nor there. But it just it's obviously uh, central to the, the 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 farce that this has become, and 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 how selectively these people. Who you know? Who Bass feels he has some uh, some alignment of personal belief with, uh, are, are are focusing on the one thing that they think that they can use to get to excuse themselves from the bigotry. Maybe not unlike the Blue Jays, and not unlike Ross Atkins and Bass himself. And while you're right that obviously. Uh, you know, having certain personal beliefs, just by it, virtue of something being a personal belief doesn't make it, you know, wrong or, or terrible. Um, the Blue Jays don't have to let him put Toronto Blue Jays picture on his Instagram page while he's posting those sorts of things. And it's sort of at some point, you know, as much as everybody would like to, you know, I, I don't know what you can expect. You can't, he's not going to renounce his faith, which, you know, we kind of, you move beyond the point of Anthony Bass has bad opinions, uh, when he just keeps saying I have bad opinions, uh, at some point it becomes it's a Blue Jays problem more so than it is his. And and you know Ross was talking about the authenticity of the of the uh, of the apology, which is like I mean is that is is that for Ross Atkins? Does it does he is he the the designated uh, apology arbiter for the the LGBTQ community? Like that's that's sort of I mean that that's absurd, but also that's kind of what he's implying. And, you know, it's just like you could you could just tell that everything that was being said that when, when it was scripted, at least, and when it wasn't Bass saying, yeah, but I still have my faith and I, you know, and, you know, I have children, so I'm afraid of, uh, of predators who I think these people are, uh, you know, it was just so, so very, you know, disingenuous and, and clearly uh okay, what's the best thing? What, what, are, what are people going to most want to hear here? Uh, regardless of whether it's true or not, or regardless of whether anybody thinks that it was just all uh, a PR charade, and it was all obviously, obviously won, and it was all you know people were talking about that in the first place, and the, to watch them sort of double down on that strategy, which was just such a losing strategy from the in the first place, was uh, was bizarre, and I think as as the title of your piece for, for was it for Yahoo uh, said baffling, because it, it absolutely was, and and now and you know and. To to go back to the stupid video because I watched the stupid fucking video uh, because I just uh, you know I I, I don't want to link it or, or transcribe it or but I, I thought it's you know I, I I clicked on it once early on in this thing but I'm like okay it's important to kind of understand what they're saying here and, and what what it struck me was that you know the point of the uh, of of the Christian guy that 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 was saying the things that the uh, bass uh, uh, reposted uh was uh was basically that it, it's important to, to shout out and say that these demonic things are not cool or whatever uh and and that that is sort of the the uh, obligation of a good christian 
to uh, to do whatever they can to stop these things. And it and it, it strikes me that uh, in you know making you know making this whole uncomfortable situation, and then the insane idea to have him uh, catch the first pitch, like the, yeah, the ceremony of the first pitch, is 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 an affront to these and, and could do. There, there would be, there would be. I don't know how you would have a better outcome for the idea of just like sapping the fun out of pride and out of you know people wanting to go to the ballpark and people feeling included. Like that is that is like that is like not just caving to the bigotry of these ideas. It's like actively helping, (laughs) helping their cause of, of you know, pushing this down and making it not as loud a celebration of people and who they are and all the things that we you know on the sane side of the spectrum here value right and, and it, it's that it, that's i'm sure that's probably not how anybody there thought about it but i don't know what they were thinking honestly because this is uh to you know you're asking people to 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 cheer for this guy when he pitches you're asking people to to like like just to turn this into a spectacle where people are going to be booing and it's going to be uh, contentious. It's just, I mean, it's just like, I don't think that's allyship. Yeah, that's pretty fair to say. I think you make a great point about Ross Atkins not being the arbiter of this. And, you know, we talk about this sometimes and, you know, I have less skin in the game than some of the people who this issue affects more profoundly. And so sometimes I worry about like whether to the degree to which it's my place to have this conversation. And I'm sure you have the similar thoughts for sure. But yeah, I mean Atkins, you know, doesn't really have the authority to accept, you know, accept this apology and kind of be the guy who determines it. And it's not just him, you know, it's a whole Blue Jays front office. I don't think this is a sort of a personal attack on Atkins individually. I think the whole thing is just institutionally it's been an institutional failure, I think that's fair to say. And getting him to throw this pitch it's just insane. And I'm sure that they have talked to sort of the organizations that are going to be present and things like that, or I'd like to believe that because again, it would be pretty crazy not to, but like speaking to these organizations and I was actually, you know, I was working on a story and it didn't quite come together, kind of reaching out to them and trying to determine people who are participating, like how they feel about Bass's participation you know, in terms of him being rostered on the Blue Jays. I didn't actually know about this uh, first pitch thing at the time. And I generally what I heard in a couple of responses back was was just sort of general PR lines that you'd expect, sort of like we're disappointed to see what happened with Anthony Bass, but this is an important event and, um, you know, we want to promote inclusion and the right message and we're not going to let that get in the way. And that's fair. But also, like, there's money changing hands here as well. Like the Blue Jays donate to these organizations and stuff. So uh, around Pride, like around their Pride weekend, they make, you know, quasi significant donations. So it's. Uh, you know, if you're an organization and you say, you know what, Anthony Bass is, uh, we find his views to be hateful and we don't want to be a part of this. Like they're not only are you potentially forfeiting the opportunity to, um, you know, get your name out and just mm-hmm. get, be more present with, you know, an audience of thousands of people and potentially yeah, hundreds of thousands of people watching on TV. Like you also might be passing up money. So you're a little bit and I, I don't know, maybe if some, I'm not going to say that if someone really took a stand and say we're not doing it. And I know there was a store in Toronto Life in terms of one organization that did uh, the softball league, but I'm mm-hmm. not saying for sure that the Blue Jays wouldn't sort of honor whatever commitments or I'm not accusing them of that necessarily, but I am saying that like it, it is, uh, it might be easy for us to all assume like for these people, like, oh, why don't they just walk away from this? Cause this is a farce. Cause this is bullshit. And they're just sort of tangible benefits 
when they participate in this. And so as a result, I think a lot of people are going to have to kind of are sort of stomaching Bass's presence, uh, you know, or just kind of blocking him out and pretending he's not a part of it. And then the Blue Jays are putting him front and center with this catching a first pitch thing. And it just, nobody asked for that. Like they put out the press release on Wednesday, I believe, that kind of had a rundown of what was going to go on at Pride. And there's no mention of Bass. And it, it may well not happen. You know, there might be enough blowback at this point that they reconsider. But no one was clamoring for, like, let's get Anthony Bass out here because it's going to be a great message about, you know, him learning, which obviously he has not done. Like, it, it's, we talked about them kind of doing the bare minimum, and that's what a lot of this has been. But this is, and then on the flip side, this is them doing too much. Like, no, if you had not had Anthony Bass catch a first pitch, considering he's literally the worst candidate on the entire roster and coaching staff to do so, no one would have questioned that. Like, not a single person would be like, hey, wait, no. why, why don't you get Anthony Bass out there? Like, this <laughs> is a great, a great message if, to send. If you'd have put a big old, you know, red stop sign on the, on the card that the, the pitching coach and the manager read for him for the entire weekend, I think people would have been like, well, you didn't DFA him, but that's at least nobody had to watch that asshole pitch during Pride weekend. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> just to go the other way is... Um, it's just galaxy brain. I don't get it. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, and speaking of galaxy brain, one uh, thought in that realm uh, was one thing Bass said is like, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but someone sent me this video. And that felt really strongly like it was implying that someone on the team sent him mm -hmm. the video, which is unfortunate. And again, like it's unfair. We can't say that with any degree of confidence if that's the case. Like that's pure speculation. But the way he said that, it sure seemed to imply that, which is just kind of like an, an unfortunate thought to have. We don't necessarily need to indulge in that thought because, like, why think the worst about something when well, you have the opportunity? Could have been their pals, Mister and Missus Aaron Sibia. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's a possibility. Uh, wouldn't rule that out. And maybe maybe that's a name that he doesn't want to say because that's a name related to the Blue Jays, yada yada yada. So I don't know. Maybe it is. But uh, again, there's no reason to really bask in that thought because it is. There's only negativity, and there's no way to confirm anything. But it is. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a wild state of affairs. Like it. You know, we've talked in the past and on much more benign issues about how the Blue Jays messaging has been uh, questionable at times and that the team has sort of struggled to get what they want out in a way that people connect with. This is the most extreme version of that. Like, it's, I mean, it's, not, it's <laughs> yeah. not to say that, like, this is similar to them doing a press conference and talk about 42 years of control and that being tone deaf or whatever. But, like, <laughs> but it is sort of, like, it is, it is way more important and far more consequential the mistakes they're making right now. Like, I'm not trying to be glib about it, but I am saying that there is a pattern with this team having difficulty putting their message out in a way that, the fan base and people that follow the team find sensible and digestible and having that problem and then encountering something like this where they opt to keep someone like Bass on the roster, uh, you know, it, it just seems like a bit of a, you know, combustible material meeting a flame type of situation where <laughs> maybe they're like, not only is this a terrible situation, but this is a team that is maybe less equipped than some others to rise to this situation. Not that it's a situation that should be risen to because you should have just gotten rid of them in the first place. But, 
yeah, it, it is, uh, like I said before, I, I think it's fair to describe this as an institutional failure. And I don't say that because I want to be super negative about the Blue Jays. Um, you know, there's people involved in that franchise that I've met and have had high opinions of and all that jazz. I'm just saying that it's kind of hard to look at this and say, let me point to a uh, a place where the Blue Jays uh, did the right thing or said the right thing. And, you know, this scenario has been playing out for a week and a bit now. And I can't think of a moment where they flipped a switch that I would have flipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well said. Okay. We're going to, we're going to move on from bass here just to not give you guys two straight episodes of full bass. Not that to some degree Thank that God. isn't warranted, but you know, there's another more narrow disaster going on. And that is the, the Alec Manoa situation. So Alec Manoa is going to Dunedin, going to the Florida complex league, seemingly going kind of to, to their big complex. Like that. we'll see if he pitches that level. Maybe he does after he works some things out, they want him to be at a very low pressure environment and they give him some time on the mound in games, but that doesn't seem to be imminent. Uh, I was, you know, I was pretty surprised by this. I thought the Phantom IL was the most likely scenario. Triple um, A seemed like something that, you know, again, maybe it wouldn't have fixed things, but him having a couple good starts at Triple A, maybe it would have been the quickest route. Uh, how did you feel when you saw the news that they were going with sort of the nuclear option when it came to Manoa? Yeah, it, I mean, it surprised me. It would have surprised me a little bit more had it happened a week earlier. Um, I thought that that game, um, whatever the hell it was, was Monday night, uh, whatever it was, where, you know, everybody was watching, you know, you're following each pitch and you're, you're like, okay, ooh, you know, tough, uh, you know, not not the hardest hit ball for a, for a, a single, you know, I think it was 99, but whatever. Uh, it was, you know, it wasn't a piss rocket. And then the bunt, uh and then you know could be double play ball and 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 you know and then just you're kind of like okay well that's a tough start but you're ready to make the the excuses you're ready to be like that's not you know that's not indicative of him you know falling apart the way that everybody's kind of afraid and uh, and you know the things happening that we've all sort of seen and we're not uh not sure should be allowed to continue uh and then he just absolutely fell apart and then it was you know and was just unable to to you know get to bounce back in an inning where uh, from things that you know they're just going to happen in the sport and have happened to him and and i think often this you know even this year uh maybe more so in the past but you know there that he's battled for all for you know coming out of spring training i think in, going back into spring training and and had innings where there's a lot of traffic on the bases and managed to get through it and managed to get through it usually or managed to you know keep it keep it together enough uh, to not completely damage uh, the cause, and then that just sort of that that sort of started evaporating a bit, and then it it just it it was gone there in that one, and that um, that made it that made it a little bit more understandable that the the the, the option that they took, I think, um, and I think you know they're acknowledging as I wrote when it, you know when it happened, you know the uh, a phantom IL would keep him on the big league roster and would. Uh, you know, would keep him getting big league pay. I don't know what the situation. I don't know if they're able to pay him or what the what the deal is there. But I mean, it's an acknowledgement that it isn't necessarily physical, and that that uh, you know anybody who's seen his interviews afterwards and seen his demeanor on the mound, you know, or especially after getting pulled in the last couple ones, understood that it, it isn't entirely physical. Uh, something was going on there. So yeah, maybe maybe having him you know sitting on the bus to Toledo is was was maybe not the most ideal 
uh, situation. Obviously, that's what they determined, and uh, and and you know we'll we'll see. I mean, if he's if you know uh, the the nuclear option, I think the the biggest worry we're kind of already beyond, right? Which is just how he's going to take the the whole concept of it. You know, I think that that's. Um, but also, but also maybe that 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 smooths it over a bit. You know, going to AAA is maybe more of an insult than like, okay, we need to really like do so. We don't think that you're we don't think that you're just so bad that you're now a AAA guy. We think you're a big leaguer, but uh, we got to get you in the lab and get you, you know, doing something else because this clearly isn't working. Yeah, I mean, I, him buying in that component of it is interesting, and it, it might have been that he almost needed to hit that rock bottom. Like if he had continued like, I don't know, plowing along with sort of an ERA in the fives that maybe you're not totally convinced he'd be worse than the next guy up. And we know the Blue Jays don't have a particularly good next guy up plan until Ryu is ready. Uh, and even that might not be a decent plan. We'll see what happens. So it's possible that him having this outing made it easier for them to make this transaction inside the clubhouse in terms of guys understanding it, maybe Manoa understanding it himself. Like it doesn't seem like this is a a quick turnaround. Like I I don't know exactly if I, like I, if you ask me over under when is Manoa back in the rotation, I have no idea how to answer that question. Like that's purely speculation at this point. Like, is there, it's, it seems about, about finding something about making something click and that could happen in a relatively short period of time in theory, but then it would need sort of proof and co- proof of concept from there, or it could take a long time. Like you could be battling and figuring stuff out and not having stuff work and change his arm angle. And that makes things even worse. And there's a lot of ways this can go. I, you know, talk about the blue Jays not making the right moves. This does seem in my view, yeah, to be the right move. I, I, it was untenable what he was doing at the major league level. Like the Blue Jays are in a fight to make the playoffs. Things look a little bit better than they have, uh, you know, after all these series wins, things look better than they did a couple weeks ago. But, you know, I think at the time of the demotion, when Manoa started games, they were four and nine and other pitchers started, they were 29 and 19. Uh, so that's changed slightly over the last couple of days, but it's on the other side of the ledger's only gone up. And so that's a problem. <laughs> like if you're... If when you start Manoa, you feel like you only have maybe a one in three chance of winning the game, which is fair based on the way he was pitching, you know, he's right at the bottom of the leaderboards in just about every category, then, you know, you can't be like, hey, this guy's important to our future and his feelings matter and we're worried about shaking things up at a certain point. You have to make a you have to make a move. And I think that they were kind of put to the point where they had to make a move. So perhaps. Perhaps this was a positive. I mean, it's hard to be like, hey, remember that guy who was in the All-Star game last year and like third in Cy Young voting? It's pretty great that he's going to rookie ball. <laughs> but but I think that's where they got with it because there was never... He had a couple really good outings, had a couple of scoreless outings, but they weren't consecutive. Like he never seemed to get momentum. There was never a point where I personally felt like, oh, okay, now he, we've clicked back in and we're going to be good. Like the, we talked about it quite a few times over the weeks, like the quality of the stuff was never there. Uh, you know, the command was a little bit worse. I thought it was interesting. Pete Walker talking about how he felt like Manoa was trying to strike guys out and that's not his game. He's trying to, he was getting afraid of contact and that was backfiring on him. Maybe that was the case. People have talked about the pitch clock. Again, it's hard to know exactly 
how this all came about and how it kind of spiraled on itself when bad results led to bad results, which led to more bad results. But I, yeah, I don't, he never did anything to inspire faith that this was going to turn around on its own accord. And so if that's the case, there's no reason to believe in a turnaround and the results are this bad. Like what else can you do? No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I definitely would have probably been on the side of, and, and I think was for a very long time on the side of, you know, the, the nuclear option is, is off the board and it wouldn't surprise me if they did it. And I think you're right about the, the, um, the hitting rock bottom thing because you know the the previous start was it was it was awful it was tough to watch he couldn't put anybody away it was the same stuff that we've seen all year but it was also you know four innings two runs and four innings not enough two runs uh you know not 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 great in four innings and uh uh but but you know you could see them plugging along and and hoping that something changes uh, you know if he could keep giving them innings or outings like that right if he could keep doing that um it would have been i think much tef- tougher uh, and I, you know, the pitch count wasn't great. Then that, that one, he could have even gone out for longer, you know, a couple breaks and it could have gone different way, differently. I think I remember writing about that one, you know, there were a couple balls that could have been fielded and, 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 you know, calls not made and, uh, and, and, you know, maybe he comes out five, you know, five innings, two runs and, and this isn't even thought about. So I know what you mean when you're saying that, you know, maybe in a, in a, in some respects it is a good thing, but yeah, it was tough to watch. And it's, uh, I don't think anybody's going to be missing having to watch his starts when he is in the position that he is right now, but it is kind of uncharted territory for like, not, you know, I know, I know it's, it's, we're, we're not supposed to, it's different than, it's different than uh, Ricky Romero. It's different than Roy Halladay. Uh, but this stuff doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> it yeah, is kind of uncharted. And especially now, you know, in the age of pitching labs and in the age of all the data that they have and everything that they're going to, you know, be looking at. And I think that's what they said. They're going to, you know, give them a kind of a physical assessment and figure out, uh, you know, the, the chart of course from there, which is, which is going to be really, really interesting. I mean, we won't know anything about it. Uh, we, we presumably will, you know, we'll, he'll, he'll come back as some sort of version of a finished product and then, uh, Someone at Sportsnet will write about it in a few months, um, which you know, what, whatever they can, whatever they can do, whatever they can do, they've had some wins on the development front. You know, getting getting velocity out of guys. They've had some. You know, obviously, you know, it's not like they don't have nutritionists and aren't caring about all those little things. You know, at the big league level, but they they talked about that sort of stuff. I thought, you know, I, I mentioned him twice. I tweeted about it today. Like Steve Phillips, who usually, you know, I don't know, if you look at his GM history, <laughs> it doesn't give you a lot to to be like, oh, this guy is gonna gonna have some uh some white hot insight here but uh I thought, you know he talked about maybe weightlifting too much like he was a little broader in the shoulders and uh i thought that that could be you know perhaps something um that's what that, that just, brandon league back in the day just got too yoked right yeah which was that was uh that that was yeah that was the early drunk jays fans day surfs up brandon <laughs> league that lat trouble um <laughs> so but but you know um it's uh that's a better guess than i fucking could have because i you know i don't know what it is other than you know any better than anybody else uh the workload is was a place people i think have looked and maybe you know getting to to just decompress for a little bit would be good uh, i know buck i think has talked on the broadcasts about perhaps just building back up you know like like you're going to spring training again uh i know he was well he's a big proponent as he will tell you about uh, you could you could hear me rolling my eyes as i say this but like about you know you got to get your work in in spring training you know you know it's very important um though a couple maybe examples this year for of the blue jays uh who didn't do a lot of work in the spring and uh maybe did pay for it a little bit yeah i mean it, like you said i don't think there's 
uh, a firm sort of conclusion to draw about how we got here. And I don't know if there's a firm conclusion to draw about how we're going to get out. Uh, you know, I, I wrote on the holiday comparison, the Romero comparison and stuff. And I think it's just funny because Blue Jays fans just have these compare. Like, I don't think a lot of fan. It is what's happening no, to yeah. Manoa is weirder than it might seem to Blue Jays fans because Blue Jays fans just happen to have these examples to call on, but most teams don't. Uh, right. And Halliday, you know, obviously we know, became a Hall of Famer, one of the best Blue Jays of all time, one of the best pitchers of all time after his thing. Uh, after Rick Romero's <laughs> thing, he pitched 7.1 innings in the major leagues from that point. So I think Manoa is going to be somewhere in between. There's a lot in between, but it'll be somewhere in there. And yeah, well, uh, <laughs> we just don't, we don't know. It's somewhere between Hall of Famer and less than a complete game in the rest of his career. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in that. Well, and then that is sort of the point, and I'm sort of ripping this off from uh, the great Sarah Finley, uh, uh, wonderful Blue Jays, uh, Twitter denizen for for years, uh, it was like yeah, people seem to people because you know while this was you know before this decision was made, people would be talking about the Roy Roy Holiday option, and she's kind of like you know that's <laughs> the outcome generally there is not a Hall of Fame career like completely reworked delivery and and now you're a Hall of Famer like uh, it's not what you want you don't want a, a great pitcher going down and the banging the drum for that to happen and and hoping for a happy ending it was. Uh, was maybe short-sighted, but we're here now, and uh, I guess uh, we'll see where it goes. Before we get out of here, I do think it's worth uh, tapping into the Brandon Belt thing a little bit. Uh, MVP. He's got the MVP shtick rolling, and I, like, I think maybe <laughs> we should just start with that. I I find it a bit puzzling. Like Brandon Belt has a bit of this uh, unassuming... He's got like some weird charisma to him you know, the baby giraffe thing, like the the fact that he seems to be the one who's kind of gotten this off the ground. Uh, I just find yeah. <laughs> it very odd. I find it very odd in a way that I can sort of personally respect, but we also don't really see from baseball players. But I don't know where I'm at. Yeah, most of them think like fucking Anthony Bass. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I mean, you don't know that Belt isn't the guy who didn't send him the thing, but whatever. Let's. I would I would never put that on somebody, on especially anybody. the MVP. Yeah. Um, I just. I th- here's what I find funny about it is that I think the likelihood is that Brandon Belt for most of the rest of the season is going to be maybe sort of fine, and so then I think the bit is going to get sort of progressively weirder and weirder because at what <laughs> point, like there's a line, right? Like there's a line where it ends. Like it, it, I mean, I guess he could be this good all year. He won't spoil. They wore that stupid fucking home run jacket all last spoiler year. Spoiler alert. He won't be, <laughs> but like, I don't know if, if over the next two months, he's like a league average hitter and his numbers are like the, you know, 11th best DH in baseball are we still doing MVP related stuff with him? Like, it, when do you decide not to do it? is now, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, eleventh ain't bad. I'm not like I'm not no, even I'll saying he'll that. be a bum necessarily, but he, you know, he's got the highest OBP since May or whatever has been a stat that's quoted all over the place. And I just I think it's going to be interesting when we reach that MVP crossroads. <laughs> I mean, we did it with Matt Chapman already, haven't we? Yeah, so, fair enough. That's though he wasn't you know proclaiming himself. One, yeah, but. which is a little bit of a difference. And Chapman is definitely not the type for that. What I would say about Belt, like we all know about the Babip stuff, like he's just having a ludicrous amount of balls falling for hits. He's also 
you know, we know the max exit velocity isn't great. He's showing that sort of like BGO level raw power. Uh, but I do want to say like last few games, I think last four games heading into Thursday, he had three doubles and two home runs. On Thursday night, he had the huge single that would have scored two if uh, Alejandro Kirk was somebody else. And man, he almost scored. It looked, you know, pretty close to being safe there, scoring from second, which I was impressed by. Uh, yeah. You know, it's his second hit against lefties all year. They leave him in the lineup. Like, he's not onto something to the extent that he looks like he's onto something, but he's not onto nothing either. Like, he's striking out a lot, but he has started to drive the ball a little bit more recently. And I mean, I'm not willing to read much into a single hit against lefties, but like I was completely laughing at this a week ago, and now there's just a little bit more there to chew on. No, I just I'm it's I don't know. I'm not quite on board, but I could if someone else wants to be on board, I'll put it this way. If someone else wants to be on board with Brandon Belt right now, I'm no longer mocking them. That's where I've gotten with it. Okay, well, um, Consider me on board. You're on board. You're all in. Let's go. Let's go. The, ca- the captain will lead, a, will lead, a, lead the way. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> p- you picked him over Varsho. I, just so many strikeouts, man. So many strikeouts, and you can't rely on all these balls falling. What, but it, what I will say. But he doesn't chase. He doesn't he chase. He doesn't chase. The, <laughs> he just strikes out on balls in the zone. I will say. Yeah, just gets blown away. Um, I will <laughs> say that he is yeah. one of the league leaders right now in sweet spot percentage, which is not yeah. a stat that I sweet often quote, but... That does play into the hits falling in, right? Like, he's not skying balls. He's not driving them into the dirt as much as some guys. Like, he is He's putting himself in a position to get hits. Should he be getting this many hits? Almost certainly not. But, he, there again, it's this thing where, like, there's something to this. There's just, like, not nearly as much as it looks like there is yet. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And no, that came up because I was tweeting today about uh, you know his his percentile rankings. That that page looks a little weird, for sure. With like ninety nine percentile chase rate and one percent first percentile strikeout rate, um, and uh, that came up. Sweet spot king, um, you know maybe he's swinging through swinging through balls in the zone because uh, I can't put that sweet spot on. I mean, if you're, it's like the Alex Rodriguez thing where it's like if I can't hit the pitch i'll just let it go even if it's two strikes and sometimes i'm just gonna have to walk away maybe with brandon belt if uh if it can't be a sweet spot i I, I conflate in my mind for sure brandon belt and a rod yeah similar similar guys uh (laughs) both mvps i guess at a certain point um but yeah i don't know i don't know i think it's i think right now I'm, i'm willing to label it as fun and kind of something which uh to honestly by blue jays discourse standards Pretty good. Not bad. Oh, God. Especially, I mean. Not bad. May was only like eight, nine days ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. The fun, anything with fun in it. Let's go. We'll, uh, we'll keep track of how Belt goes from here. We will leave you with that uh, podcast. You know, a bit of a disjointed one tonally. But, uh, you know, we're, we sort of deal with the cards we're dealt here. And uh, we've been dealt some odd cards in Blue Jays land over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully things uh, trend in a better direction on and off, well, particularly off the field. Uh, We'll see what happens, and we will be with you next week for episode 102.